two stupid movies enter this weekend, but only one can emerge as our favorite. It, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> and I don't think it's hard to know which one it is. <laughs> up, 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 up. If you want to find out which one it was, you gotta keep listening to Under the Bridge, where we talk Welcome some... To... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> well, I jumped the gun a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I was trying to mix it up. I was trying to do something different, and I didn't give you any forewarnings, so... <laughs> uh, fair. <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And this is our podcast, where we talk sometimes comic news, sometimes gaming news, pretty much always movie news, and also pretty much always a movie review. I'm getting closer. Yes, as I say, good save, even though I messed up the attempt. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I'm getting closer mm. to figuring out how I want that intro to go. Hell yeah. And this week, we actually have all three kinds of news. Oh, really? Yay. Yeah, I, I was doing some more digging and some more stuff came up, some of it relatively recent. Okay. For example, this one's a little, uh, it's, it's not officially announced, but this is going to sound really stupid when I describe it. Oh boy, that's always fun. Artist Barry Kitson, who, I don't know what the technical term was, he was an artist on the Batman Punisher crossover one-shot issue, posted on his Facebook fan page that Marvel and DC are collaborating on reprinting many of the Amalgam titles, including Magneto and the Magnetic Men and the crossover events, including the Batman Punisher books. To this end, they've asked for any extras they can include in the new versions. I don't have too many originals left, but if anyone on the group have any of the pages and are willing to share scans, please do let me know. Oh, like he's reaching out to the fan base to say that. Yeah, but apparently Marvel and DC are actually working together to reprint some of their crossover stuff. Okay. I mean, well, first and foremost, a Punisher-Batman crossover sounds horrifically frustrating to read, (laughs) given both of their personalities and their moral compasses. (laughs) I'll admit I'm not too familiar with most of the Marvel-DC crossover stuff, but I have to imagine it would probably go something like, Punisher tries to kill people, Batman tries to stop him. Ad ad nauseum. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember reading something about, like, Joker theorized that Frank and Batman were both motivated by trauma, but that Punisher's must have happened much later in life, otherwise he'd be dressing up like a skull. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can see that. What I imagine happened is they probably saw that the limited edition reprint of JLA Avengers in tribute to George Perez was mm-hmm. successful and probably realized, oh, there's there's money on the table here. These things probably resell for a lot and we're not seeing any of it, so... Fair. Might as well get on it. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the list of Amalgam's characters and I gotta say, name-wise, nothing excites me quite like the Night Creeper. That just sounds like the police alias of a sexual predator. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's half Nightcrawler, who's a teleporter. Okay. And half the Creeper. Not the one from Scooby-Doo. A different one. What's the Creeper's M.O.? He's... he's weird. He's a weird, insane man. So what I'm hearing is that I'm like 45% on target. <laughs> you're, you're probably pretty close. I mean, he was in an episode of Batman the Animated Series, which included a lot of unwanted romantic advances on Harley Quinn on his part. Is that the one where it's like Harley Quinn and Nightwing get together, or am I thinking of a different one? No, you're thinking of Batman and Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Which is theoretically set in the same universe, although I like to pretend that it's not. <laughs> Fair. No, this was the actual original Batman the Animated Series. Oh, okay. Yeah, Creeper showed up in an episode. He he was pretty interesting. Voiced by Jeff Bennett. A little weird. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, he, 
My my favorite quote, I haven't seen the episode in ages, is, They call me Yellow Skin Wacky Man, but I prefer the Creeper. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. He's like the Joker, except heroic. And not annoying every time he shows up on... Well, no, hey. the only reason I say that about Joker now is because of all the times that, in different forms of Batman or whatever, it's like, by the way, here's the Joker, because we can't do anything without him, it's seemingly... <laughs> Yeah, God. Wow. So I partially rescind that criticism. <laughs> no, Joker's gotten Joker's gotten a little overused, a little overdone. Fair. I would be very inclined to agree with that. <laughs> Anyways, enough talk about comics I haven't read but hope to someday read, especially if this reprinting happens. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, Hawkeye is the, I think, still the only character who is both a member of the Avengers and the Justice League. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, he helped save both universes with a trick arrow or something. I forget. <laughs> Alrighty. I may not have read it, but I did read summaries. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> now for some gaming news. Oh, boy. It's... Disappointing. <laughs> ominous. Alright, as is also tradition within the modern gaming industry. <laughs> because it involves Disney. Oh, boy. Making a $1.5 billion equity stake purchase in Epic Games. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and my immediate reaction was, oh, God, no, what now? <laughs> Maybe it means the Disney skins in Fortnite will be a little less limited edition. Not that I care. Never touched the thing. Mm-hmm. But this, this seemed worth at least bringing up. I mean, I don't know. The only thing I would really hope for out of that is that it means we get a second split second game. What the hell is that? Oh, split second? Yeah, t hit me with this. Tell me about this. Oh, it's a, it is a racing game where the basic premise is that you are racing in cities hit by the apocalypse, and you're racing on a reality TV program, and the neat gimmick about the game is that when you drift and hit other people and stuff like that, you can activate set pieces on the racetrack that kill your opponents. And this is a Disney game. This is like <laughs> Mad Max by way of the running man or something? <laughs> well, it's like you don't expressly kill your opponents. You just cause giant explosions that would kill any living thing on the planet. But your opponent racers respawn, and it's a reality TV show. So it's fine. It's it's, it's genuinely a, a very cool game. I take it back. Less Mad Max, more Death Race 2000. Yeah, it's a really cool game. If you think about it too much, you realize it's a very, very messed up game, and it has the Disney Interactive logo on it. So huh. yeah, maybe we should play that for a stream at some point. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, make sure to check out the Unlimited Video Games Twitch stream. We stream every Thursday night. Yes, indeedy. At roughly 8.39-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, it just depends on other discrepancies. How long it takes <laughs> us to get our shit together. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Anyways, apparently Disney and Epic Games plan to collaborate on a games and entertainment universe that will further expand the uh. reach of beloved <laughs> Disney stories and experiences. Ah. Uh. Ah, <laughs> I already There's hate the sound the of that. <laughs> yeah, it's There's like, the rub. I already hate the sound of that. I just instantly have zero faith. <laughs> yeah, no, they had their big uh, earnings whatever this week. Oh, did they? Earnings okay. report. First earnings quarter, call? I think. What, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm no financier. <laughs> I'm no big money man. Right. If I was, I mean, I'd still be doing this because it's fun. <laughs> but Yes, indeed. I'd be doing it more often, if anything. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, this, mm. uh, I don't want to say grim, but... It is ominous indeed. When you it's... word it like that, especially when you say this universe will interoperate with Fortnite, what does that mean? 
I mean, come on, guys. You already did the, did the whole thing of Star Wars canonically intertwining with Fortnite. Can we just keep it at that, please? I, I <laughs> Look, I still choose to believe that's not what that means. I choose to believe it's just an Easter egg. It was a, it was a jape. It was a gag, a goof, a gaff. I, mm, I, Alliteration. I <laughs> Alliteration. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I could be that. There's there's an O word for it. Optimistic. I wish I could be optimistic with anything in regards to modern gaming crossovers, wow. but I can't. <laughs> if anyone was going to forget the word optimism, I would have thought it would be me. <laughs> we shall move on. Indeed. You know what? We were already talking about Disney. We might as well continue on with some things revealed at this earnings call or quarterly report or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Moana 2. Hasn't that been known for like a couple years though? No! No! Oh! This is brand new! Apparently, it was supposed to be a Disney Plus series, and then they decided to upscale it. <laughs> you know, this was going to be a TV show, but then we decided to get our HD to money-making upscaler. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently they were so impressed with it that they, that they decided to retool it into a movie and give it the theatrical treatment. What I hear from that is, oh shit, we're spending a lot of money on this thing. And Disney mm. Plus sub- subscription fees only go so far. Uh, can, yeah. we, can we mishmash it into a movie? Yes? <laughs> Great! Let's do that. This might just be like... So, this didn't happen with a lot of the direct-to-video movies, but on occasion, for example, Atlantis The Lost Empire, they would take mm. failed pilots for TV series and retool them into movies. Because Atlantis Milo's Return is just the first three episodes of an ultimately not greenlit series mm. concept retooled into a movie so if we're going back to the dtv sequel era only one of them is getting theatrical release what can i say but we are so fucking back i feel like it says a lot about how things used to be done where the thought process would be oh we made this tv show but it's kind of crap it's not gonna make do very well let's just turn it into a movie to, movie to save our faces now it's the opposite <laughs> right it's like we'll just put it direct to video it's fine now it's let's put it in theaters yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Also weird, and I apologize because I'm, go- I'm about to do a big name butchering here. Oh boy. Allegedly, Dwayne Johnson and Ali'i Cravalho, I think is how you pronounce that. I apologize uh, if I got that wrong. Right. Have not actually signed on for the sequel yet, which is due to release in November. Um, that's... <laughs> That's a little bit of a problem, I feel like. Now, granted, it's an animated movie, so you could always have them dub over it, but I feel like that lends itself to less organic performances. Yeah. And might come out a little more stilted and a little more uh, artificial. But, hey, what do I know? Not my money. Mm. I mean, it could be if they wanted to pay me to do it. Same here. I say that like I have any idea how movies get made. I don't. I'm just a big fan of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where we come in. We can, like, change the entire industry for but, the worse. <laughs> objectively for the worse, even if it's to our eternal entertainment. We will be so bad at it, we will force everybody else to step their game up to save the industry from us. We will be yes. the villains that Hollywood needs, not the ones that they deserve. And it'll be a thing like, oh, crap, we have to care now, because then these dipshits are getting the attention. Yeah. And then the movie industry will be saved, and we don't have half an hour of previews with commercials in front of movies anymore. Who's ready for 12 <laughs> days of Birdemic? <laughs> I'll okay, do it. Okay, I don't even know if I'd be ready for that. <laughs> 
Anyway, some other announcements. The previously untitled Alien movie that was coming out this year, August 16th, is now d- named Alien Romulus. Okay. I th- I believe it's set to be taking place between Alien and Aliens, which means I don't have to watch a bunch of these to catch up. I've seen the first Alien. I've seen Aliens. I think okay. I like them. <laughs> it's been a minute and I didn't take notes, okay? That's fair. And I didn't record it, so... That My is reaction also fair. to most things is lost to time. <laughs> we also know that a previously untitled Disney movie coming out November 26, 2025 is actually Zootopia 2. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. On one hand, I liked Zootopia a lot, but on the other hand, I didn't ever feel like it needed a sequel. <laughs> it really didn't, but you yeah. can say that for a lot of things. True. Like Moana. Like Moana. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, most good stories don't actually require a sequel. They just make you feel like you want to see one. Mm. That's the real trick. Mm, fair. Also worth noting is that we actually have some dates for Star Wars movies. Oh, really? That's in encouraging. 2026. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and no titles. Oh, for fuck. Fine. Yes, May 22nd, 2026, we are getting Untitled Star Wars Project. December 18th, 2026, we're getting Untitled Star untitled Wars Project. Untitled Star Wars Project. <laughs> and December 17th, 2027, we are getting perhaps we're, the one I'm most Wait, 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 let me, let me guess, let me guess. Mandalorian and Grogu. Project. Oh, for God's sake. No, I'm kidding, it's Untitled Star Wars Project. Uh, <laughs> Got you. I was like, come on, man, I, how do I kill my own joke as I make it? <laughs> So yeah, that's interesting. It sounds like Disney's reporting that they're doing quite well, which... What, that Disney as a company or a Star as, Wars? As a company. Well, no shit. <laughs> uh, apparently this is, I think, set to potentially be their most profitable year since 2019. Okay, I mean, that does track. Which isn't saying a lot, be... because the last four years have been tough on the entertainment industry. Tough all around. Yeah, so that makes sense at that point, because like, okay, this is... They're probably like, this might be the first year with pandemic and strikes and all that that we've actually are fully back on the uptick. Yeah, but again, not my money. Indeed. <laughs> Speaking of a new Alien movie, we're also getting a new Predator movie. Okay. Yeah, Dan Trachtenberg, director of Prey, which I still haven't seen. Same. <laughs> is working on a new standalone movie at 20th Century Studios called Badlands. Okay. Don't really know what it's going to be about at this point, but... But it's a Predator movie. It's set in the future, it's a Predator movie, and I've still only seen Predator 2. That was the one that was in, like, future, like, destroyed Los Angeles, right? I thought it was Chicago or Detroit. One of those cities. Well, most <laughs> pred- uh, I have to look this up now, it's been a minute. Nope, it was Los Angeles, you're correct. Oh, it was LA? Okay, yeah, that's the only Predator movie I've seen in full as well. Also, it wasn't future Los Angeles, it was 1997. I mean, the movie came out in 1990, so... That's not really future. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the future, but, like, I, I don't know. Right. I don't count it. So that's interesting. I really need to sit down and watch Pre- I have a lot of movies I need to watch to prep for other things that are coming out. I still have to watch the Mad Maxes. That sounds like my game collection. <laughs> and the Rockies. I need to watch those, too. Shoot, I still need to freaking watch Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I had on my bookshelf for probably, like, a year and a half now. <laughs> right, man. We gotta, we gotta fix that one. I, I know, I know. Anyways... No, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll finally sit down and watch Prey at some point. I might just cut this bit of news. I don't even know. <laughs> I'll let you decide. You are the editor-in-chief. I am the one who does the editing. We got another director announcement. This one makes me 
less excited. Oh, and in saying another director announcement, I've kind of obligated myself to keep the Predator news in there. <laughs> there you go. What have I done? <laughs> Amateur hour. It's like, I was going to make my job easier, and now I've made it harder. <laughs> no, uh, this is an announcement of the director for Conjuring 4. Oh, boy. Which is being billed as the last mainline installment of the franchise. Oh, f- <laughs> I was getting ready to say sure, and then you said last mainline. It's like, oh, you motherfucker! Oh, it's 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 none and Annabelle and Crooked Man and whatever other monsters you can come up with all the way down from here on out. Oh, a hundred percent. And uh, the really unfortunate part is that Michael is is that still Chavez? Hmm. It's spelled with an S instead of a Z. That's throwing me off. Okay. But I'm gonna assume Chavez. Chavez, <laughs> I'm bad with names. Hold on, I, I want to see. I, I want to say it's Michael Chavez. Okay, cool. I think. I almost said Chaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when Man, I would... see an S. <laughs> it would be something, it's like, if it is actually Michael Shaves, and he's like, because I know nothing about this, but it's like, he's actually very British with the, like, the most British name you can think of. Oh no, he's an American. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> he could be literally anything. <laughs> Anyways, the thing that does not inspire confidence is the fact that he directed The Conjuring 3 and The Nun 2. Mm. Both two of the worst Conjuring movies. Well, not according to the people who hired him, I guess. (laughs) I don't understand- well, I guess The Nun 2 did make money. Thanks a lot, everybody else who saw The Nun 2! As I say, it made a lot of money. (laughs) I accept no responsibility for my part in this. Mm. I only saw it for content. I tried telling everybody else don't see it. It's not my fault if they don't listen. Right. I'm happy to be part of the problem, like with Madam Web, which is this weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> so, no, more Conjuring movies. What a... That used to excite me, and now what a what an abysmal prospect. Yeah, yes, indeed. Now, it's time to bring back that old fan favorite. And by fan favorite, I mean I'm proud of the jingle. Pay your fucking writers. Pay your fucking writers. Why did you do that? I have a jingle built in. <laughs> you can you can cut that out. <laughs> Just uh, no, I'll play it at the same time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, technically this doesn't have to do with paying writers or actors, but in keeping with the spirit, when I first retired the segment, and I said I might bring it back if something truly heinous was done by executives in the in the entertainment industry. You remember how we were optimistic that Coyote vs. Acme might not get canceled? Right. Well, uh, sounds like, uh, Outlook is grim. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, producer Chris Tafaria got a phone call from an executive who said, Warner Brothers just want to get this behind them. They want to close the books. Oh, come on. Just, this is another case of the movie being all but finished, right? It's done. Then, fuck, dude. Just let these things come out. <laughs> yeah, apparently they want to make a determination by their first, sorry, fourth quarter earnings call on February 23rd, and it's actually believed by a source close to the movie that they might not even announce that they hadn't found a home, they'll just unceremoniously delete it. (laughs) And it gets worse, believe it or not. Oh, does it? When I tell you the story of how we got here. This is a story about how... (laughs) My life got flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) I'd like to take a minute... If you'll permit me, I'll tell you how we lost the movie Coyote vs. Acme. Oh, well done. <laughs> I rhymed me with me, it's not that impressive. No, but you still did a better job than anything I could have come up with. <laughs> Thank you. So, Warner Brothers stood to make roughly 35 to $40 million on the tax write-down. Mm-hmm. 
And apparently, they wanted 75 to $80 million from any potential buyers, and didn't allow counteroffers. Why? Well, it's generally believed that the only reason why they made this token effort to sell the movie to somebody else is because they just wanted to negate the bad press of canceling yet another movie, and had no <laughs> real intention, because the thing is... Imagine, you're Warner Brothers, right? You're you're the home of the Looney Tunes function. Why would I even imagine myself to be Warner Brothers? I actually like well, myself. Yeah, I know, but like, pretend that you didn't like yourself. Pretend you're me. <laughs> pretend that you're me and you hate yourself, and you're also Warner Brothers, who hates themselves. <laughs> so, I, so I'm Warner Brothers. <laughs> I don't like where this is going, but continue. <laughs> I'm taking over this metaphor now. I'm Warner <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I am basically, you know, I, I, I created the Looney Tunes functionally. Okay, yeah. I didn't create them. But I've had the Looney Tunes under my umbrella since their inception. They yeah. are a staple of the brand. They're the face of cartoons functionally. Yeah, and that's the thing that kills me the most about this. It's like, why would you do that? Because it's like, it's literally one of your most famous brands that you've owned for like what a hundred years or so now say i don't think this movie can succeed okay right say i don't think this movie's gonna make its money back and i sell it to somebody else and i basically break even on whatever i made it for let's say that's a ferric victory but a victory nonetheless <laughs> right 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 until that studio i sold it to turns around and makes like 200 mil on it Sucks then i look suck. stupid <laughs> and for studio executives looking stupid is more important than, be, than being smart. Yes, because I was getting ready to say, then why is David Zaslow still in charge? <laughs> oh, it gets worse, actually. Does it now? <laughs> yeah, allegedly, he hasn't seen the movie at all. He hasn't seen the movie and he wants to cancel it. Right, yeah, that's the one. Good old Zazzle Dazzle, he never fails to disappoint. Who oh, boy. <laughs> what an absolute monster. What a travesty. What a... Anti-art, anti-artist, anti-consumer piece of human garbage you are. Indeed. And the worst part about it is knowing that you are stripping down this company for parts functionally to be sold off, which I'm sure is your end goal, and you will probably get off scot-free with a golden parachute, because the only hope is that the shareholders get sick of your shit fast enough that they can eject you before that happens, and even then, you'll probably still make it out just fine. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah, no. Just disgusting. It's a little gross. Anyways, people are still demanding that this movie get released, so hopefully that does something. Or, hopefully, everybody sees through this and Warner Brothers gets hit with litigation or something and has to do something with it. I don't know. Eh. I mean, I'd, I'd hope that the people who are the loudest about it are the people who spent the time working on it, if nothing else. Right. Or, who knows, the movie's completed, so maybe before it gets deleted, somebody gets their hands on a copy and just, whoop, there it's it goes, a, into yeah. the ether. <laughs> it's in the internet now, you can't get it back. Whoops. Yeah, yeah no, it's like, nothing gets removed from the internet, truly. Wink, wink, sail the seven seas. <laughs> Got my eye patch and my peg leg on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's go to trailer time. It's trailer time again! We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. There's a lot of trailers. Yes, there are. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Go w whatever team. <laughs> Ahead of the Super Bowl, though, 
uh, we did get, and we're going to start with this because it's technically a show, we got our first trailer for Knuckles. Yeah, which was my reminder that I still need to watch Sonic 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still haven't seen it, so it's just kind of a thing of like, this looks fun, but I don't know any of the pretext. <laughs> He's got the hat! He's got the hat! Oh, is that actually a thing in, like, one of the games? His hat- no, not from the games, that's from the Sonic OVA anime movie. Like, the hat he's wearing when he's wearing the motorcycle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. OVA and anime movies probably redundant, I don't care. I, I'm trying to be specific here. <laughs> okay, I did not know that. When I saw that, I was like, okay, that's clearly an Easter egg, but I don't remember any mention of Knuckles wearing a hat in any of the video games. It's from that- it's from that movie where Sonic goes, You may know everything I'm going to do! But that's not going to help you, because I know everything you're going to do. Strange, isn't it? That sounds horrible. <laughs> it, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great movie. Also, him and Metal because him and Metal Sonic have a psychic link, and then there's one part where Metal Sonic, his head goes through the bottom floor of, an, of a plane, and he's seeing up a girl's skirt, and then Sonic gets distracted by it. Because <laughs> anime. What is with this franchise? <laughs> what is with this franchise of, like, rings, extrajudicial murder, Genocide. Looking up women's skirts. Look, Sonic is a franchise of many hats, including <laughs> Knuckles' hat. <laughs> what is you like how I brought that one back? <laughs> brought it right back to that. What a strange franchise that mostly appeals to young children. <laughs> I like this a lot. I like the vibe of Knuckles doesn't really know how to not do fights and stuff. Mm. I like the bit where he turns the living room into a gladiator pit and is going to have the dog fight the mailman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that makes you go, it's like, how evil is this dog if the mailman's like this? <laughs> it's also believed that that one echidna we see with the beard and the mustache, the the, 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 gray, the gray facial hair, mm -hmm. is Patrick Kamak, who... Patrick in what the, it, it, Patrick Swayze. In the game, oh. he's... <laughs> <laughs> All okay. I'm saying is, have yourselves a Patrick Swayze Christmas. Anyways, mm. no, uh, Patrick Kamak, he, he was he was the leader of the Echidnas in ancient times in the games, and then basically did a war against the Chow, and then was destroyed by Chaos or something of the such. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. So that's neat. <laughs> uh, but apparently he's alive, and he's working at a bowling alley. <laughs> Alright, the whole bowling alley bit did get me. I did like how, in the trailer, they just think of like, you, you think I need your power, and then the girl just immediately kills. It's like, well, yeah, that, that's literally the whole reason we're here. It's like, all right, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't especially, really like that. Especially with how he's just, like, clearly just so annoyed. He's like, I had a moment, and you just killed it. <laughs> also, Knuckles is still there. Like, they're still fist-locked. Yeah. But no, I don't much care for that line, actually, because it's one of those, like, oh, haha, -ha, that's just there to... That's just there because that's a reference from the second one, even though... Like, the fact that you point out that it doesn't make any sense in context doesn't make it make any... Sense in context. <laughs> more sense in context. Yeah, fair. If somebody in the in the series would break the fourth wall and make a comment on that, that'd be one thing. Right. Somebody, uh, somebody, somebody red and black. <laughs> and, and with yeah. a machine gun. With, with guns, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> Anyways, also ahead of the Super Bowl, we got the first trailer for A Quiet Place Day 1. I... I don't think I care about this one. I didn't dislike it. I think the problem is that there's, like, what, three of these movies already? This is the third one, yeah. This is the third one. It's like, okay, so there, it's the whole thing with Obi-Wan for me, which, I, admittedly, I still do need to watch as well. God, I'm behind on so much crap. Where... And She-Hulk. Oh, and She-Hulk, yeah. 
where my brain can't help but go, it's like, oh boy, it's a prequel movie after two established movies taking place in an apocalypse caused by these monsters. I wonder how it goes for for one of our main characters, because I know the other the other guy who shows up. I forget the actor's name. I know that he's still like in the later movies, but my brain just can't help but go. It's like, I wonder how it goes for her. Yeah, I have no no inclination whatsoever. <laughs> I'm a little more interested in this one, if only because, like, okay, my big problem with A Quiet Place Part 2 was it felt like more of the same, for the most part. Mm. And it also made some of the mistakes that get made feel extraordinarily boneheaded. <laughs> Fair. Here, though, we're dealing with humanity that has no idea how these creatures interact and are just figuring it out now. Yeah. So, we're gifted with knowledge of how they operate, and we get to watch everybody else stumble through it, which ought to be frustrating and fun. The thing that definitely has most of my attention in this movie, because it's such a me thing, is in terms of, like, how things, the, the series of events that follow, in the trailer we get a scene of, like, five fighter jets up in the sky, and those jets in question look to be Sukhoi Su-27s, which are Russian fighter jets. So, I'm just like, alright, how does this connect with, with everything going on? <laughs> I imagine either international response or they just didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the thing of like, all right, cool. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And of course, it's happening in New York, baby. In, in D- Is that a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty noisy city. Oh, 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 yeah, that's true. Oh, these people are so fucked. I mean, we already knew they were fucked, but they are yeah. mega fucked. Like, anyone oh, who yeah. lives, the people of New York are mega fucked indeed. Avengers show up instantly, all die. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I don't think they could kill Thor or the Hulk. Yeah, if Thor and Hulk would probably be fine. The rest of them, not so much. Iron Man might live for a bit. Mm-hmm. Other ones are dead, though. Oh, yeah. That's not what this is about. <laughs> I, 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 I'm more excited for this one than I thought I would be, is, is my takeaway. Eh, fair. I guess I'll kind of pay attention to it to see what more is talked about it leading up to its release. And we also got a new trailer for Imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> This looks better than the first one. It does look better than the first one, but I do kind of want to talk about how when you first re-mention it, because we actually saw the trailer for this in front of one of the movies we saw this weekend, and when you mention it's like, oh, by the way, there was a new trailer for Imaginary, I got it confused with the Ryan Reynolds one that's also coming out. <laughs> yeah, if, because there's two Imaginary Friend movies coming out. Yes. Within, I, I forget how recently of each other, but... I want to say it's like within a couple months or so. I might be wrong hmm. about that. But yeah, no, it does look better than the first one. They also cut out the bit of the, uh, I know they didn't show it, but the implication of the little girl impaling her own hand on the nail, which, I didn't yeah. need to, I didn't need that. I mean, I have a feeling that's still going to be in the final cut of the movie, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I know this actually had a pretty decently tense moment with the lamp with all the colored cutout shapes. Mm-hmm. With the, uh, bear shape about to overlap on a cha- Chauncey and the other girl freaking out about it. Oh, yeah. And then when she pulls the light off, you see there's just this big, grotesque bear monster sitting there. Yeah, which is just like, ooh, that's... I feel like a lot of horror trailers don't really show their monsters off in full view for an extended period of time. So it's like, all right, that's that feels different. <laughs> I mean, this didn't really do that either because it's dark. Mm-hmm. I guess it also helps that after that, then we get the jump scare. I'm like, oh, okay, that one actually got me. I, I don't know if I should be impressed by that or annoyed by that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the big game trailers. The Super Bowl, the 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 the, the I don't I don't know what else you call it. <laughs> Twisters. Darwinism the movie. 
This, I, I <laughs> think I've seen the first Twister, I do not remember. Yeah, no, and I say that with the knowledge of, like, in case someone goes like, oh, like, tornado chasing is a real thing, it's like, yes, I am very aware of that. I do not take away my previous criticism. <laughs> also, the original had the goat Bill Paxton. This does not have that, because sadly he passed away. Right. Wait, is this a direct sequel to the original Twister? Yes. Wow. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> you, what? Did you, you thought they just... Okay, you know what? I can't blame you. I can't blame you for that. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that they'd make a sequel to Twister if I hadn't already known it was coming. So... Yeah, because it's like it's almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep, that's fair. Yeah. I, should be, I shouldn't be surprised that you're surprised. Also, Glenn Powell's in this. Yes, he is. <laughs> so that's neat. Uh, I was just like, I honestly, when he showed up, I was like, okay, I think this is the reason Cody picked this. <laughs> oh, no, I just picked it because it was a trailer that came out during the Super Bowl, and this was before I realized there were other trailers this week. Ah, fair. No, Anthony Ramos is in this too, though, so that ought to be fun. Right. This movie's dialogue, just, uh, the trailer dialogue is nonsense. Oh, in what regard? You don't face your fears, you ride them. Motherfucker, I'm afraid <laughs> of spiders, I ain't riding those. <laughs> that was... When Glenn Powell said that, I was just like, okay, that's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it is up there. <laughs> what, what, what's the deal with these drones? What are those supposed to do? It's like you thought you could stop a tornado? What? what? Yeah, like when their whole thing is like, we can destroy a tornado, it's like, you are going to lose. <laughs> like, you you literally cannot de like destroy a monumental active force of nature. You are going guess... to lose by default. No, no, I feel like in theory, if you spin fast enough in the other direction... <laughs> You could probably do it. So, you I, know, if you're Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm going to assume that those things that the drone drop are like bombs or something like that, which, if that is the case, is like, I feel like that would make it worse, because like, now you just created a fire tornado. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Like, you've literally created a Mother Nature Dresden, is what's happened right there. I wonder if it's like, you... No, because the... The tornado doesn't come from the clouds, it comes from the wind, so that doesn't... Yeah. I was gonna say, what if it disperses chemicals into, like, the clouds and they're like, no, that would stop rain, or start rain, I don't know. Yeah. I don't do shit for a tornado. <laughs> and then he goes, you want one? One what? One singular drone? What's that gonna do? A bucket of drones? Yes, one bucket, please. I'll take a bucket of drones for, like, fourteen ninety nine at KFC. <laughs> or, I don't know... DFC, drone fried chicken. I, I don't know where I was going. Kentucky <laughs> fried drones? KFC. I, I don't know where I was going with that. I made that run a little longer than I needed to. <laughs> I know where you're going with it. Uh, wait, no, I don't. Which way do tornadoes spin? <laughs> That's actually they a good all, question. <laughs> they all spin one way, right? I believe so. I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Well, I'm looking this up now. Yeah, honestly, I think... Most I think tornadoes in the Northern Hemisphere rotate cyclonically or counterclockwise. Only around 5% of tornadoes in the Northern Hemisphere rotate clockwise or anti-cyclonically. In the Southern Hemisphere, however, most tornadoes rotate clockwise. Why is it different? Dep I don't care. Maybe location slash curvature of the Earth or something. Hmm. I'll give Twisters this. It's giving me an excuse to look up some deep tornado lore. <laughs> <laughs> and by deep I... tornado lore, I mean what direction do tornadoes spin? I'm here for these tornado deep cuts. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be a fun July. Oh yeah. We also got a trailer for Wicked, presumably part one. Still, is this something we talked about previously? 
Yes, casting oh. was announced a while back. Okay, because it's one because like with it being a one minute trailer and all, I was like, why did I get the feeling that we did talk about this previously at one point and I can't remember a single thing about it? We did. Jeff Goldblum is the wizard. They better not have cut the song "Wonderful" out of this movie. If they oh. cut the song "Wonderful," I'm going to whatever studio made this. I want to say Universal, and I'm burning them into the ground. <laughs> you know, I think I'll be there with you at that point. I want to hear Jeff Goldblum sing about how he basically pulled a uh, how he basically pulled a Tupperware scheme on the whole Kingdom of Oz. <laughs> Well, I guess that's not the right kind of scheme, because the Tupperware scheme is you unload the Tupperware on somebody else and make it their problem, and then they have to keep unloading Tupperware. Mm. The point is... Ain't fair. This looks, in terms of backgrounds and everything, horrendously CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be expected, but horrifically CGI. I, I, I expect some CGI, obviously. I don't expect the whole thing to be practical, but man, does this look like it was shot in the volume. Mm. Like, this was just shot on a soundstage. I would not be surprised if some of these people never interacted with each other. It was shot in the, the studio warehouse next to Argyle. Yeah. Which we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But no, I mean, Michelle Yeoh's in this. Ariana Grande's in this. Mm-hmm. So, musically, this ought to be fine. Oh, yeah. I don't know much about Cynthia Erivo, Erivo who, the, the, the actress playing Alphaba, but... Mm. Right. Musically, I'm a fan of Wicked. Not a huge fan. I haven't listened to all the songs. It's mostly, you know, Defying Gravity, Wonderful, For Good. You know, play the hits, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Good Deed. That used to be a big one back in the day for me. <laughs> now it's mostly For Good and Wonderful. Never actually saw the musical. I don't I don't see a lot of those. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> and that's why musical movies exist. Uh, hell yeah. So I can see them and go, mm, not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Or at least, not as good as the original non-musical. Am I right, Mean Girls? <laughs> I think this is like a December movie or something. We're, we're a long ways out. Right. Two-part film directed by John M. Chu coming out. It's a two-part uh, no, film? November. Yeah. Oh, bruh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two-part. Oh, that's annoying. Okay. Yeah, it's November. It's November. Oh, god damn it. Then we also got a trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I will say this makes me more interested in it, even though I have not watched a single film in this franchise. <laughs> I watched the first two of the most recent trilogy, and I need to watch the third one and probably rewatch the second one because I barely remember it. But this has piqued my enthusiasm, even though I think they're really drawing out mm. this entire premise. Because at least now it feels like there's been some progression where it's like, ah, this is interesting. So we're in a world where apes know that humans existed and... They seem to know to some extent that we were capable of great things, but have since devolved. But yeah. it seems like they don't... I don't think they know that we ran the planet necessarily. Right. Or that they owe their uh, uplifted existence to basically lab accidents gone wrong. Right. So that's interesting. I think this is this might be one of those movies where I'm significantly more interested in like the background stuff, as far as like the world and how the whole ape kingdom feudalism thing works out. Yeah. <laughs> And especially the how, I don't know if it's talked about in any of the more recent movies, but how the humans have devolved to the point that they're shown in this movie. Okay, you know what, that that, that bothers me a little bit, because mm. if humans have devolved that bad, why are they still wearing clothes? Honestly, the thing that got me was like... I know why! <laughs> it was such a weird thing, but when it showed focus on, on like the one girl and all that, it was a thing of like, 
Why are you the only one here wearing actual pants? All all the other humans around you are not. <laughs> well, they established it's because she's smarter than most other pe- most other humans are now. Yeah, it's like how smart is she? She understands the concepts of long pants. <laughs> but they all understand the concept of clothes, and that would like okay, I, like I said, I get why because otherwise this movie would be R rated. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I understand that completely too. It's just one of those things where my brain can't help but ponder on it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if we're that dumb, why are we still wearing why are we still wearing shorts, huh? <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this. Mm. And I think that's it. I certainly know a big fourth wall breaking Marvel trailers to talk about. <laughs> oh right, Deadpool and Wolverine. So, all right. I mean, first and foremost, like sold. I will have to say, completely sold. I know it's completely in the character of Deadpool, but I felt like the fourth wall breaking poking at the everything else going on with like the studios and whatnot was maybe a little bit too nutty if that makes sense when it's like there's a fight going on and the 20th century like fox logo sign or whatever is like sitting on a debilitated dilapidated whatever the word is beach in the background my brain was just kind of like i'm in this but also take take it easy bro (laughs) look man i've watched the she-hulk season finale this is kind of tame is it really? <laughs> In terms of fourth wall breaking meta shenanigans, yeah. Didn't you also call, like, ages ago that it was going to be something with Deadpool getting mixed in with the TVA? Yeah. Yeah, as I was just like, holy shit, I wasn't expecting Cody to get that right. <laughs> now, I mean, there were there were rumors and leaks floating around before that the TVA was involved. There's actually still rumors that uh, Owen Wilson might cameo in this as Mobius. Oh, but... okay. I think the thing that really gets me is, uh, this has to be a trap of some kind, and Paradox is secretly a bad- the, the guy who recruits Wade is named Paradox, according to the captions. He's mm. gotta secretly be a bad guy. And this only hit me, like, my second or third time watching the trailer, and I was like, wait a minute. Nobody ever wants Deadpool's help. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> this is some kind of sham. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, actually. No one ever really is just like, ah, shit, we're fucked. What do we do? We need to get Deadpool. It's a trick, a scheme, a nefarious plot. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't think about that. (laughs) I am kind of sad that it looks like this is going to be a movie that has, like, nothing to do with Deadpool's actual supporting cast, just so it could work on interweaving him into the MCU. Mm. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah. However, I am excited for Wolverine, and I don't even like Wolverine. (laughs) It's like, Hey, man, can you give me a hand? Okay, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you very much. How much you want to bet? Because they, they have that bit where he's sitting at like a casino table in a white suit. It's somebody mm. else. Probably. That's not Wolverine. That's somebody else. Yeah. The funniest suggestion I've seen is have it be Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I feel like Daniel Radcliffe would be great in Marvel. I don't know as what, but he would have to play some kind of like crazy ass zany supervillain with some kind of staying power. Or just have it be like MCU Wolverine, who then gets killed by Wade and supplanted. Yeah, maybe... <gasps> Make Daniel Radcliffe King the Conqueror. They need a new King the Conqueror anyway. I, I don't know that you could start with going yeah, Kang is black, and then walk back on that and he could be okay with it. He's a shapeshifter. Deal with it. <laughs> He's not a shapeshifter, though. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Greg. Ah! What know. indicated that he could shapeshift? There was literally a whole stadium of him, and they all looked like Jonathan Majors. I thought it was a thing where his king can look like pretty much anything he wanted. 
No! I mean, okay, theoretically, yes, but that's only because it's an infinite multiverse. There's more variation among the Spider-Mans and the Lokis than there are among the Kangs. Okay, fair. <laughs> all I... the Kangs look exactly alike, and they're all this one fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the thing that started the whole stupid, oh, what's Marvel gonna do if Jonathan Majors get- They're just gonna recast him! It's fucking easy! Fair. Okay, I am mistaken there. <laughs> Anyways, I also, like, we know that the X is breaking off that 20th Century Fox Studio logo, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's just gonna turn to a big X and it's probably gonna get used as a weapon or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm the Messiah. I am Marvel Jesus. <laughs> Between that it's, and the whole thing of, like, if I remember correctly, it's a joke of, like, I'm familiar with pegging. But Disney isn't. It's just like... Looks at the camera. <laughs> it's like, alright, I I don't know how that line got through to the movie, but hey, I'm glad it did. <laughs> no, my favorite is, uh, Mr. Wilson. You appear to have soiled yourself while unconscious. I wasn't unconscious. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> now, this ought to be a good time. I, oh, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say the same. But I guess we'll see you in July. Let's go to box office. God, That's... this is running long. A little bit. <laughs> did we see the highest grossing movie this weekend? Uh, we did. Unfortunately, it was Argyle. Damn. <laughs> $6.2 million domestic weekend, $28.5 million domestic total, $59.6 million worldwide total. Uh, however, we also saw the movie in second place, Lisa Frankenstein. $3.69 million domestic weekend in total, no worldwide information yet. Now, this doesn't sound great. However, bear in mind... Argyle has that $200 million production budget attached to it. Whereas Lisa Frankenstein's budget is a modest 13 mil. Oh, really? So, even accounting for the fact that it's probably going to drop off in ensuing weeks, or maybe you'll get a Valentine's Day boost. It certainly seems like a more romantic movie than Madame Web, but... <laughs> yeah, it, that, that goes without saying. But we'll see. Even if not, it cannot possibly be considered a worse fumble than Argyle. Right. Which we might as well talk about now. Yeah, let's start with Argyle. So Argyle is a spy action comedy... Is it a parody? I don't think it's a parody. I don't think it's a parody. Weren't the, weren't the books made for this movie or something? One book was made for this movie. Okay. Argyle did exist before the movie was even conceptualized then, right? No. Oh, okay. No, they released the book... To hype up the movie. They basically did a Ant-Man look out for the little guy, but they did it before the movie came out instead of after. Oh, is that allowed? <laughs> yeah. You can do that. Okay. Nothing illegal about it. It's just kind of fucking dumb. Yeah, that's why I asked if that's allowed, because it sounds stupid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, uh, this is a this is a spy action comedy by Matthew Vaughn, director of the Kingsman movies. They will not let you forget it. No, they will not. <laughs> And it's about a spy novelist, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, known as Ellie Conway. And uh, she has written the Argyle series, which has proven to be immensely popular. And she finds herself at the center of a conspiracy, because apparently she's so good at writing spy fiction based on research that she's done, that her last book actually transpired exactly as she wrote it would in the real espionage world. And now an organization called... The, the the division Tom that, Clancy's the division I think I okay I'm glad I'm not the only person who thought that <laughs> yeah 
I was just like, really? That's 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 the best you could come up with. Was the, I've the never vision. even played those. That's just what working at a game store for several years will do to you. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets recruited by Aiden Wilde, a spy played by Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell, in order to help him find this master key, whatever, that proves the Division is a corrupt organization before the Division can get their hands on it and erase all their crimes. And it's not good. No, it is not. This this it, this movie is objectively kind of hot garbage. It's pretty bad. It is... Uh, it's too long. It's really long. It's like just over two hours. It's too long. It's a little more than just over. I think it's like 219. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> Which is not a compliment, by the way. It is not a thing of like, oh, so it's not as long as you think. It's like, no, it's still too damn long. <laughs> no, it's too damn long. It's... It tries to do that thing where it's got twists on twists on twists, but it doesn't give any of the twists time to actually settle yeah. before immediately either moving on to the next one or undermining its entire relevance. Mm-hmm. The escalation in it is weird in terms of action. Just, I mean, the escalation, I felt like, was very Kingsman-esque in that aspect. I, I guess, but also, like, even the first, the first real action set piece in Kingsman, which I think would be the part where Harry beats up that pub full of guys. Mm-hmm. That's more exaggerated and borderline superhuman and gets you more in that, oh, this is going to be cool headspace than the fight on the train. Fair. Yeah, I'm, not counting the, I'm not counting the uh, Henry Cavill destruction derby grease sequence because that's supposed to be like a fantasy sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's because, yeah. Oh, yeah, also uh, we occasionally get interspersements of the fictional character Agent Argyle played by Henry Cavill in the book, with uh, the his his partner, what's his partner's name? John Cena. <laughs> yeah, wow. They ever like John Cena gets advertised quite a bit. He's barely in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like both of them overall, both of them are barely in this movie. But John Cena, no, no, even no. Less so. Henry Cavill's in it an insufferable amount because <laughs> they keep having bits where Ellie keeps hallucinating and superimposing. Cable's Agent Argyle over Sam Rockwell's character while he's in fights. It's really distracting because they give it a weird blink cam thing where she keeps blinking and it, it keeps changing. It's just disorienting and annoying. That is fair. I guess kind of moving on to Henry Cable and stuff like that. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to do before I start talking about that. No, go for it. Okay. I will say, I feel like Henry Cable and watching him be Argyle for me was the most enjoyable part because it's the thing of even though the movie is not good and a lot of it is hot garbage I feel like every time Henry Cable is doing something it's like alright I feel like he is the one person who is actually having a good time the entire time (laughs) I feel like almost everybody's actually having a good time being here it just doesn't really amount to anything Yeah. if anything he seems to be one of the ones who's taking it the most seriously (laughs) I can eh, fair it's hard to talk about this without getting into all the twists, although I will say it's kind of unfortunate because the first big twist and the main, I think, twist was actually spoiled in a press release about the movie years ago. Oh, okay. I'm, I I think I remember we us talking about it, and I never caught that press release, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, because... I, I feel like it would have been obvious even without that, although I got spoiled on it, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know when... We'll get to it more, but when the main twist happens, I'm just like... 
oh, that makes sense. But then a little bit later, I'm also like, oh, but that's kind of boring still, though. Yeah, it's like, congratulations, you took the lamest possible direction with this. Yeah. And you also telegraphed it from a mile away. So my thing with this movie is that overall, even though while I will very much say that this movie is hot garbage and I probably wouldn't recommend to go to a theater to see it and like spend the money to see it, I had a relatively good time with it. And I think we we talked about it a little bit and it's like, I know that you like Birdemic quite a lot and I despise that movie <laughs> because it's frustrating to watch. But if I remember right... Your thing is that it's bad, but it's still sincere. Yeah, Birdemic is made with sincerity by a group of people who had no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And there's something magical about that, that other <laughs> movies that try to make Z-grade, lowbrow, worst-of-the-worst humor are just missing, because you can feel where they're trying to do that. Yeah, and I will say, I think part of the reason I enjoyed this is because overall... This movie is the closest I've ever gotten to getting that feeling. <laughs> I feel like this one disappoints me more, and I see where you're coming from, but this one disappoints me more because I know everybody in this cast is capable. And the even worse part is, like, if if literally anybody else had made this movie, I would be kinder to it because I would be like, well, it's it, it's a knockoff Kingsman, but, like, nobody can redo Kingsman but mm -hmm. this is the guy who did Kingsman. So it's like, I know you could do better than this. I've seen it. Yeah, we've seen I've seen it multiple times! Yeah. I'm gonna have to bleep that part, by the way. <laughs> you just gave away one of the twists! Wait, I- Oh, shit, I did. <laughs> I didn't realize that. There's too many twists in this fucking movie! <laughs> and by the time it actually gets to, like, the really fun part, it feels- it feels too late. And also you're busy trying to be like, wait, but- uh, but why but, though? <laughs> but hold on a second. But if but if but if they're no and, no holding on more twists. <laughs> but but wait a minute. What? Honestly, I think my favorite part of this movie is Brian Cranston. Uh, <laughs> Brian Cranston makes a really good villain. Yeah, he does. I don't think is that a twist? Is that a is is, is, no, is no, that he, a spoiler? I mean, he was shown in the trailer. Yeah, but I don't know if they if they gave away that he was a bad guy. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> is this the part where we segue to the spoiler section? <laughs> yeah, the end result is, no, don't bother watching this movie, it's bad. Don't bother spending mo money on this movie, or m spending money to go see it in theaters. This would be the kind of, like, I need a dumbass movie to watch with, like, my friends or my date or whatever, at home. That's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, honestly, I, I would recommend The Beekeeper over this. I mean, I haven't seen The Beekeeper, so I can't comment that hard, but it's like, damn, that's that's pretty, that's pretty scarring. <laughs> because it's a thing of, The Beekeeper knows what it wants to be and isn't great at being it. Mm -hmm. This is that, but worse. And it's even worse because I've seen the better version of this thing from the same person. True. Yeah, true. It, it feels like Matthew Vaughn is putting all his eggs in this... Kingsman aesthetic basket, and they're getting progressively worse every time. <laughs> Anyways, if you don't want to get spoiled on Argyle, it doesn't matter, but if you don't want to get spoiled... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1, and come back for the Lisa Frankenstein review. Yes, please. Thank you. For the last third of this movie, all the, the, my main takeaway was, oh, that's right, Bryce Dallas Howard looks really pretty as a blonde. <laughs>
You know, it's funny because I when she switched to the blonde, I was just kind of like, I think I preferred you with like the long red hair. <laughs> I think it's the dress. The dress was great. No, I think the dress is what doesn't go with like her complexion and the hair. Hmm. Honestly, if she was wearing the same kind of green that Agent Argyle in the books wears, and that for some reason Aiden wears when they go to the keep secret, the the the, the the lady in the desert with the secrets. Oh, oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. If she was wearing that shade of green, I think it would work better. But I'm not here to be a fashion critic. <laughs> so the big twist, the main twist, is that Ellie Conway is in fact Agent Argyle. She was captured by the directive, and and they brainwashed her. And they they are encouraging her to write her novels so that they can get the location of the master key file from her. To which I say, why didn't they just fucking brainwash her into being on their side? Yeah, all the extra shit and whatnot, especially when they go into literally MK Ultra, they show how they're brainwashing her, and my brain's going, "That's that's MK Ultra." Didn't they reference it? Well, yeah, they, uh, like um, Sam Rockwell says, like they put you through MK Ultra on steroids, like. No, that's literally just MK Ultra. Like, I'm not trying to like, like take away from it because if you want to read up on MK Ultra, it is a deeply, deeply fucked up thing that the CIA did. But it's like all like the whole like memory activators and like the weird voodoo pattern laptop thing. It's like the only part of it from MK Ultra that wasn't present because I don't think they'd be able to get away with it was the forced of like forced use of drugs on their patients. <laughs> Well, they probably could have done that, mm. I think. I don't know. Probably. And also, why, why, if you're going to go with this writer farce, why is the director of the organization pretending to be your dad, and why is there, like, top brainwashing scientists pretending to be your mom? Yeah, because it's the thing of, like, let's say for some reason the brainwashing just decides to stop working, and the, and the woman has a memory lapse, and just temporarily breaks out of it. Both of you are dead. Yeah, what, what is that? Yeah, like, both of you are actually fucking dead. <laughs> and it's also overly complicated in the sense of, there's also a music box that can, like, force her to control, to, 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 to obey commands, but first you gotta do a bunch of catchphrases like in Captain America Civil War. Okay, yeah, I was... The Winter Soldier. When, I, when that happened, I was just like, alright, someone's seen Black Widow. <laughs> someone is familiar with the Black Widow program. Or the oh, and then it gets worse program. because it turns out Ellie and Aiden an item before she got captured by the division and put under the brainwashing, which seems like a huge security risk and a big no-no. Oh yeah, like when they were t when you saw him, I was like, oh yeah, we would just find opportunities and all that. And it's just like that is deeply unprofessional and genuinely a massive liability in the industry that you find yourselves working in. That is a big, big no-no. Yeah, which. It <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to completely just just talk shit on this movie, because there are some good things in it. Yeah. There are some funny bits. Mm -hmm. Like, I do like the part where uh, where Brian Cranston loads up the shotgun and just turns turns to face away from the guy and just shoots him over his shoulder. <laughs> I like the bit when Sam Rockwell and, um, and Bryce Dallas Howard are on the rooftop and they're like, okay, how do we get down from here? It's like, oh, I can't jump. I can't do that. And it's like, do you trust me? It's like... I think it was basically like kind of. It was like, do you trust? Do you trust Alfie, Alfie her cat? Like, yeah, it's like yeah, of course. And you just see him like slow mo take Alfie out of the bag and drop him on the boat. It's just like, oh shit! Oh, no. <laughs> it's just like, all right, that's really messed up. 
but it's effective. Oh. Nope, jet planes all fueled up, it's taken off. What is with the weird fucking one-liners in this movie? <laughs> I mean, that's just him trying to hit on what used to be his lady. Yeah, fair. And then, it, and, and then, so they get the master key, and then it turns out that apparently uh, Ellie, or as she's actually known, Rachel Kyle, she's Agent R. Kyle. Ha ha ha. So, uh, real quick to deviate from that, when that whole twist, because I consider that the main twist of the movie, when that happened, it was a thing of, I internally went, I did not expect that, and I'm disappointed in myself for not expecting that. But that just makes the, <laughs> that just makes the brainwashing her to thinking she's a writer thing even worse, because if she was on your side, mm -hmm. what? why didn't you just go like, yeah, remember us, boom, there you go. Yeah, it's like, you worked for us. They try to do a whole thing where it's like, oh, you were gonna do the right thing the whole time. Then why is she on the... Why is she on the naughty list? Why is she on the naughty list? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What is this? Mm-hmm. If it's just like, hey, here's a list of spies who have done terrible things, why is it Sam Rockwell on it? He's probably done some <laughs> shady shit. Oh, yeah. 100%. Especially since he used to work for them, too. Absolutely. Just, ah, uh, I, 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 I don't like it. Oh, uh, then, so, like I said, I, I feel like the action scenes are okay, but certainly not like... They're not Kingsman level for most of the movie. Yeah. And then you get to when they're on the Division's headquarters, which is actually an oil tanker ship in the middle of the ocean. Which, why, though? <laughs> uh, presumably because it's mobile. Mm. And therefore you don't really have to worry about being located. Fair. But there's there's a bit where she and Aiden are, are having a shootout. After she shoots him in the chest, but in such a specific way that... It's a two-centimeter spot where you shoot and it misses the heart, and if you just stop the bleeding immediately, it won't kill you, or some stupid bullshit, which is... Shot to the heart, but no. Which is kind of up there with Kingsman the Golden Circle's uh, head gel that heals a bullet wound in the brain. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that, because I remember seeing that and being like, no. <laughs> so they have this shootout, and... It, it, it's framed as a romantic dance, and they're doing the whirly bird and shit. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it was supposed to just be another hallucination because we also see Brian Cranston watching the whole fight unfold through the secure through the CCTV footage, and it mm. seems like they're not doing anything that wacky. Yeah. So I think that's kind of another hallucination on her part. But then, at the very end of the movie, the last, well, okay, not the last action scene, but one of the there's too many, there's too many action scenes in this that feel like they're the last action scene. Yeah. And then there's just more guys. <laughs> Th that, that's like the we, best phrase I could use to describe this movie, and then it keeps going. <laughs> there's more than five guys, burgers, and fries. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, there's a big crude oil spill in one room, so nobody's using their guns. Because they're afraid of a spark going off and lighting up the oil. Proceeds and to use guns. <laughs> proceeds to use guns! What the fuck was that? But, and nothing, but no. And nothing it's comes proceeded, it it's proceeded by Ellie realizing, uh, or Rachel, whatever, I don't care, realizing <laughs> that the, the cover of, oh, she had a skating accident, and that's why she was in the hospital, isn't entirely false. She actually has skating skills. So she puts knives on her boots... Because and starts, that works. <laughs> and starts ice skating through the crude oil, which I don't think is how that works. Yeah. You, if you had wheels, I don't think blades will do it. Maybe, you know what? If you stuck the blade flat side, I feel like that would actually, like, work better. Yeah, 
Yeah, I feel like that would work better because because the thing with ice is that it's solid. Or just no blades on your shoes. You could just, if you're that good at skating, couldn't, couldn't you just apply the mechanics in your regular boots? I'm not a skater, but I feel like that would be easier than trying to use knives as makeshift ice skates. <laughs> and then she proceeds to just kill a bunch of guys with knives up until she grabs a gun and just starts fucking spinning in a circle, firing, and not a single bit of it goes up, rendering the need for that entire sequence completely pointless, because apparently it was fine to just shoot the guns. <laughs> and then it keeps going. And then it keeps going. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> and they're trying to upload the file. I haven't even mentioned that Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie. Yeah, Sammy Jackson shows up, by the way, and somehow, some way, it ends up not mattering in the slightest. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter at all. I'll try to upload the file to him, and then the, the doctor, played by Catherine O'Hara, shows up, and she goes all Winter Soldier on Ellie, and she starts beating shit on Sam Rockwell, and then it turns out... You saying it like that just really made it click in my head how fucking stupid that whole thing was. <laughs> right, and there's a bit, there's a bit where the brainwashing wears off because the music box stops playing, and instead of going down and attacking the scientist, Sam Rockwell just takes that moment to, like, stroke her face and reassure her that everything's okay, instead of stopping her from doing it again! Yeah, like, instead of, like, actually shooting this woman in the head. What a frustrating fucking movie this is. What an absolutely infuriating third act. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. There's more. So, I haven't even mentioned this character who shows up at the end. It's Ariana DeVos' Kira, who's who's a real good uh, tech specialist or something, and mm -hmm. allegedly died in the last Argyle book, but it's like, oh, my plan was to bring her back. I got a crazy theory from a fan a couple of years back who... Who told me about this shooting through the heart but not actually hitting the heart thing. Which, by the way, that actually frustrated me immensely because one of the things that I've always kind of gathered from, like, when it comes to, like, advice for writing and whatnot is, like, you should listen to your fans' as like feedback and stuff like that, but you should never, under any circumstances, like, directly take ideas from your fans. No, that's a fucking copyright lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, so it's like, why would you do that? Why would you because even Because she's think a about... bad writer. <laughs> <laughs> because she's not actually a writer. That part, no, that part I follow. Because she's not actually a writer, so of course you wouldn't know that. Mm. <laughs> there's not enough, there's not enough moments where, like, you see the writing process factor into how she's doing the spy stuff before the big stupid twist. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it turns out Kira's alive. <laughs> and and she clubs and she clubs the doctor over the head with a wrench. Which my whole thing during that was, where were you this entire time? Hiding. Yeah, it's like you had to have known that this was all going down. <laughs> so then, uh, happily ever after, etc. and so forth. Except then we get to the end of the movie, which I put, I put just a step above Morbius in terms of. <laughs> In terms of this movie already wasn't great, but the ending is genuinely some of the worst fucking trends of Hollywood I've ever, of modern Hollywood I've ever seen in my goddamn life. But a single step. <laughs> it's only one step above Morbius. It yeah. might technically be the same tier, it just doesn't feel as bad because Argyle was more entertaining than Morbius. <laughs> that is true. That is very so, true. She's doing her. She's doing her uh, final launch event for the last Arc Argyle book. Which, speaking of, at two different events, we hear her reading what sounds like the last page of each novel mm -hmm. at a launch event. So either she sat there for hours reading those books to her fans, which <laughs> I guess is fine if they signed up for it, or she just spoiled the fucking ending twice in a row. <laughs> 
Makes sense. Not a writer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then somebody, she's like, oh, one more question. Oh, you guy in the yellow shirt. And it's Henry Cavill with the ugliest looking mullet I've ever seen. Oh, God, it was so bad. And a weird southern accent going, <laughs> no, but I imagine you got a few questions for me. It's like, who the fuck? What? 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 Who the what? fuck are you? <laughs> So apparently Argyle's real, or maybe she's just hallucinating, but that's just what they want you to think, because then in the mid scene... Wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. It keeps going. <laughs> it, it turns out that like, you get a flashback with Argyle when he's younger, mm-hmm. at a bar called The King's Man, and it's got the same sideways K logo, and he, he, he asked the bartender for, a, what was it, something with a twist, but everything except the twist, and then they just hand him a gun implying he's an agent working with or for Kingsman. So, this is actually a Kingsman movie. Yeah, and so then it's in the universe. It, it's in the universe. Oh, God, and it gets worse, because then they have the gall to announce Argyle Book One The Movie coming soon. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, I want to <laughs> see more of this. So does that mean there's going to be five Argyle movies? I certainly... This was the fifth one, technically. So there's going to be four Argyle movies? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Do it, but do one, then three, then four, then two. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a terrible film. Mm. And it's a shame, because everybody in this movie deserves to do... Also... Also, I know, I, I know other franchises have done this, like Marvel's done it a couple of times, but there's only so many films in this franchise. So if this is in the same universe as Kingsman, why are Samuel L. Jackson and Sophia Butella here? As different characters altogether. As different characters altogether? What is that? I have a feeling they'll probably like, well, we can get away with it because both those characters died in their, in their original film. No! I mean, no. I, I agree with you, but... <laughs> there's enough actors... There's enough actors, and they're all direct. It would be one thing if it's like, okay, well, this director really wanted to work with this actor, but they were already in this movie as this character, but this is a relatively minor role, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna cast him twice. This is the same director. <laughs> this one guy has done all four of these. Right. Infuriating. Man, if I'd known when the first Kingsman came out that it was gonna lead to this, hmm, I'd be really sad. The first one is still the best one. It is. That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. been... I actually, okay, I won't say this is worse than The King's Man because I don't remember The King's Man, but. <laughs> the only part I remember of The King's Man is the very infuriating final, like, post credit scene. Yep, we've been over it, not doing it again. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Should we move on to a good movie? I think we should move on to a good movie. Yeah, alright, Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, written by Diablo Cody of Jennifer's Body fame, and the directorial debut of one Zelda Williams. Yes, and in case you're wondering, yes, that's Zelda Williams. <laughs> yeah, the very same. It's also starring Catherine Newton, Cole Sprouse, Liza Soberano, Joe Crest, and Carla Gugino. And uh, uh, for Liza Soberano, she's the one who plays Taffy. This is actually her, I think, film debut? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's quite good in this. Everybody's good in this. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. It's a stupid as fuck movie, but it's a good movie. <laughs> this is a stupid as fuck movie. Are you ready for the most infuriating hypocrisy you've ever seen? For me, Argyle. Stupid movie. 4 out of 10. For me, Lisa Frankenstein. Stupid movie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> this is the good kind of stupid. This is the good kind of stupid. <laughs> it's the kind where it feels like it's more self-aware. 
Mm-hmm. And like it, it it feels like they're they're going for exactly what they're going for. Right. It doesn't feel like they're missing the mark. It doesn't feel like they're trying to recapture something that was already done by the same people and misunderstanding what made it good. <laughs> it certainly isn't a weird, gross, reckless attempt to build a giant universe out of diminishing returns. Right. So the the premise, the premise is that Catherine Newton is lonely goth girl. Well, is she goth? She's not really goth. She's not goth at the start. She's not goth at the start, yeah. No. Lisa. Full name Lisa Swallows. <laughs> but yeah, she, she, <laughs> the whole by, by like the way, this. this movie is aggressively. <laughs> the whole movie's like this. Yeah. <laughs> she she she's having a tough time because her, her mom was killed a while a while back by an axe murderer who busted into that was it an axe murderer? It was an axe murderer. Yeah, it was an axe murderer. Yeah, I think so. Who who broke into their house while it was just her and her mom and her mom died. And her dad just recently got remarried to Janet, who is a bitch. Who is a bitch. Bitch is too nice a word. Well, I mean, she is, she is like, actually canonically referred to in the movie by other parties as a bitch. So it's yeah. accurate, if nothing else. <laughs> I feel like the more accurate term is one that I can't say because I'm not British or Australian. Fair. <laughs> so I will reserve saying it. But suffice <laughs> to say, I think the label applies. And if you watch this movie, which you absolutely should, I think you'll agree. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And her stepsister, Taffy, is well-meaning, surprisingly. Genuinely well-meaning, but does it in very bad ways. (laughs) No, I was very pleasantly surprised. She's kind of a standout in terms of writing in this movie. I mean, very well-acted, too. Oh, oh, 100%. Very good at making this character archetype sympathetic, but also props to the writing, because when this character got introduced, I was like, oh, this is the vapid, stupid, self-centered stepsister who's the popular cheerleader type. Okay, yeah, I've seen this a thousand times. All no. of which is still correct, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think that's technically correct, because yeah. she's not actually all that self-centered. Like, hmm. I don't think she's any more self-centered than the average person. In fact, less so. Yeah. Certainly, she's more conscientious and more well-meaning than the average teenager, especially one in her position. Right. Because she's actually supportive of Lisa, she makes attempts to include her and stuff, calls out her actual biological mom when she's being a bitch to Lisa. Right. So that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Very open about stuff. Very, uh... Very generous about sharing things. So she's actually a very good character. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Freak Electrical... The, the trailers on this, the trailers are very misleading in the best possible way. Yeah, the trailers, like gave you a good idea of the general vibe without actually giving away all the good shit. Actually, I think that might have kind of potentially worked against this movie a little bit, because I feel like they portrayed it as, oh, lonely girl creates the perfect boyfriend out of dead body parts. No, um, I don't think this part's a spoiler. The corpse is actually reanimated on its own by a freak electrical occurrence. Mm-hmm. And the creature is a Victorian era, I think, piano player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And because at one point while visiting his grave, because she liked to hang out in the graveyard, she says, I wish I was with you. And she meant dead, but (laughs) (laughs) apparently having heard that, uh, Corpse Boy thinks she meant be with him. And so he ends up breaking into her house, and she decides to keep him around anyway. His tears stink something fierce. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) I mean, he, he literally has Nickelodeon slime green tears. And puke. Which, 
Yes, which seems oddly fitting. Oh, wait, no, that's Disney. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> that's what I wrote. <laughs> why? Well, you know why. Oh, wait, yeah, I do know why. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who plays Doug, but fuck you, Doug. Yeah, actually, yeah, who plays Doug? <laughs> eh, it doesn't matter, probably. Nah. So, uh, the movie ends up taking a turn partway through. A turn I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to talk about without getting into spoilers, but I will say, the aesthetic of this movie, perfect. Oh, it's absolutely perfect. And it, it owns its 80-ness, first and foremost. Right, and the thing I like the most about it, and... Uh, I could be off, because obviously I, I didn't live in the 80s. I, mm. I, I was born mid-90s. Same. I'm old. But Same. not 80s old. Yeah. It feels like this isn't an exaggerated send-up of the 80s. The aesthetic feels just 80s. Mm-hmm. There's neon, and, and the furniture's weird and tacky, and there's a shoe phone from Sports Illustrated. But, like, none of it feels over the top. <laughs> You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. feel like a. It doesn't feel like a. Look at how hard we're trying to recapture this vibrant '80s aesthetic. Instead, it's just here's a decently vibrant '80s aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very well lit. The writing's amazing. Oh, the writing's the writing's great. Dialogue's good. So many references to older movies. That is unfortunately one where I have to take your word on it. It's a beautiful homage. There's obviously there's a trip to the moon. The hmm. the one with the where the moon's got a bullet in its eye. Well, it's not a bullet. Uh, it's a rocket. Right. An old silent film. Uh, not, I think, directed by Paps, the guy who Lisa was talking about at the beginning of the movie. I'm not super up to speed on. Oh, wasn't, like, the early bit in, well, there's an early bit in the movie where the whole, like, 30s, like, moon with face shows up. Isn't that, like, referencing? Yeah, that's, like, a, trip, that's a trip to the moon. It's a Oh, okay, that's also a trip movie. to the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. On occasion, there's actual other movies shown. There are some references... That are, I think, more obscure, bordering on it might just be in my head. For example, there's one point where Lisa just goes, Damn it, Janet. And all I thought was, Is that, is that Rocky Horror? <laughs> Did you? Was that, was that a Rocky Horror? Right. I think that's a Rocky Horror. Dr. X builds a creature? Whoa, uh, 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 <laughs> At the late night double feature picture show? Right. Anyways. <laughs> is this, this is a great movie, and it's. It's really well acted. The cast all know what kind of movie they're going for. Mm-hmm. Because Catherine Newton's great. She is... Oh, ugh. she's amazing. She she's, is, she, she's very clearly having a good time. <laughs> having a great time being just off. Oh, yeah. And uh, Carla Gugino as, as Janet. Amazing. I hate yeah. her. I hate her so much. But it's intentional. Also very much Cole Sprouse as the creature. Even though for the... Literally, like, 99% of the movie just doesn't say anything actually at all. Very good at communicating through just facial expressions and gestures and groans. Yeah. And and there are a couple moments where he, as his character, are... We'll say he's very proud of things that he probably shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, no. You're, you're definitely right there. <laughs> and he pulls it off immensely well. <laughs> no, I would say, um, if you're a fan of dark comedies, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. This is currently my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Same. Bar none. Not even... Like, I like Some Other Woman a lot. I liked Mean Girls. Not even close. This oh, takes yeah. it. This takes a cake so far. Now, is it good? I don't know. It's... 
Probably not classically. The plot's a little... Yeah, classically, not at all. But It's a little <laughs> all over the place in terms of narrative. I'm still not 100% sure what the theme was, but I know there's one there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good, fun time with some really, not even horrifying moments, but moments that should be horrifying, but they still manage to wring some really good comedy out of. You're right. There is no point at this movie where I'm just like, oh no, it's just, oh no! <laughs> it's that kind of movie. I don't know if you already mentioned it when we first started talking about it, but apparently this movie takes place in the same universe as Jennifer's body. Oh, I didn't know that! Yeah. Where's that from? I just saw it referenced here on the Wikipedia page. Um, oh, oh apparently, yeah. Apparently in an interview, Diablo Cody says that it takes place within the, the same universe as Jennifer's body. Well, she's the writer, so... Yeah. I'll take her word for it then. I watched that not that long ago. I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that to be worse. Just because right. everybody said it. Everybody said it was bad when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I guess what is what is that movie set? Oh, two thousand nine. Okay, yeah, I could I could see that. You're, you're At first, right, I was yeah. like, I don't know if the aesthetic fits, but it's like there's a there's a there's a twenty year difference that tracks. Mm-hmm. I think we should go into spoilers. Sure. All right. Uh, if you don't want to get spoiled on Lisa Frankenstein, you should absolutely see this movie, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it does have some moments in it that are a little hmm, but <laughs> yeah, just a few. What is this rated? Is this PG thirteen? I th- I think so. That's a good question, actually. PG thirteen. I'm a little surprised. Oh, this is on. This is very much on the border between PG thirteen and R. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm... This is huh. very much on the border of PG-13 and rated R. Like, 100%. I guess, to be fair, a lot of the a lot of the more questionable things are off-camera. Hmm. Or so, very heavily hinted. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, if you don't want to get spoiled on Lisa Frankenstein, make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1. So, I think part of what worked against this movie in terms of marketing and is probably part of why maybe it's not getting the biggest opening weekend but i think it was also important for preserving that oh my god factor part way through mm. is yeah. that the movie makes it look like this is going to be a uh sort of sort of a darker romantic comedy between you know lisa and and corpse boy for yeah. lack of a better name uh, the creature i think is what he's actually referred to as i guess you could call him adam but hmm. frankenstein reference yeah but... <laughs> i'm just gonna keep calling him corpse boy Corpse Boy works. I, we'll call him Dave. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Dave works. <laughs> I'm probably going to get confused by that. Yeah, Corpse Boy. Anyways, Dave actually spends most of the movie just sort of being her sounding board slash confidant rather than actual any romantic interest because she instead has a crush on Michael Trent, I think was his name. Yeah. Played by Henry Eikenberry. He does, he does a good job in this. Oh, yeah. And so, despite ostensibly being in love with her and not being able to articulate it because he doesn't have a tongue, the... <laughs> that was a really good moment. She goes, that was all for me? Why did you say so? And he just gives her the, what, what do you mean, ge- gesture of just... <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, partway through, this turns less, uh, less rom-com and more Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, boy. <laughs> because Janet is threatening to send Lisa to some kind of institution because mm-hmm. she thinks Lisa's mentally unwell as a result of her mom's death and doesn't have a shred of sympathy or empathy in her body. Because Janet's a bitch. 
because Janet is a bitch. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then Corpse Boy, Dave, uh, clubs her over the head with a sewing machine and kills her. Which was kind of fun when that first happened, because it does the whole cartoon thing of her just like losing consciousness and slowly falling over. But as she's falling down, I see the the um like he's holding like the sewing machine. He's like, oh, she's fucking dead. And then you see the blood poured out of her head. It's like, oh, <laughs> all right, yeah, woo! Yeah, and it's just like, uh, and then Lisa, who I think I want to say this is the part that completely had her like win you over, which when she's just like, oh no, you can't believe you did that. We have to do something with this. Like we have to bury the body or something like that. It's just like, wait, what? You're <laughs> just he rips Carla's ear off, or not Carla, Janet's ear off. Because he doesn't, he he's missing an ear, mm-hmm. and obviously the implication is he wants Lisa to sew the ear onto him. He goes, "Oh no, we couldn't. Not until we bury the body." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, all right, cool, great. Just like the fact that she was instantly like, "Yeah, let's bury her." It's just like, oh, oh, we are messing with a already slightly depraved person. It's only gonna get worse. <laughs> it's like that guy. Uh, what was it? Uh. The guy who wore an eye patch, but he didn't let that define him. Hmm? His name was Patch. His name is Patch. His, his name was Patch. <laughs> and her, her, her slow realization of, oh, shit. <laughs> Why was the mom eating peaches and cream like she's an Ed Nettie? That's... <laughs> Honestly, when that happened, it was a thing of like, oh, man. I, it just made me think, I, as a kid, I used to eat just peach slices all the time. Like not from not from actual peaches even. It gives you like the ones that you would get like already in the juice in like Publix yeah, and shit. Yeah, no, oh, and I hate I, those. Oh, I love those. <laughs> I'm not a peach fan. I've determined. Mm. I probably haven't found the right way to eat them, but yeah, fair. That ain't it. It was a weird thing of like all this is going on, and I'm just in, sitting in my seat being like, I am now nostalgic for peaches. <laughs> I don't like my fruit being fuzzy. Okay, I mean if your if your fruit is fuzzy, then you've probably messed with a peach that is maybe too ripe at that point. Eh. Why did I write "wash your hands, kiddo"? <laughs> She's got blood on her hands. No, that was. A, I feel like that's got to be a quote. Hmm. Oh well, and she ends up using the tanning bed to sort of finalize the graft of her stepmom's ear onto Dave the corpse boy. Because she realizes, like, wait, the electricity brought him to life, so maybe using more electricity will do other things, which created a moment of, holy shit, this movie has so many moments where I, my brain is, you know how when you saw, I think it was like Fast and Furious 8, I think that was the one that had like the baby scene in it? Yep. And you're just, like, kind of hitting yourself, like, no, stop it, don't laugh, that's cheating. There were several moments in this movie where I was just like, oh, that's so cute. Nope, stop it, this is depraved as fuck. <laughs> no, that's really good. Yeah, one of the I first, like yeah, one of the first ones being when she's, like, sewed the ear on, and the cre- and corpse boy has come out of the tanning bed, and she's, like, trying to be like, hey, does it work? Can you hear me? Hey, does it work? Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, like, groaning in pain because he can't hear. Yeah, it's just, it's just... And the way she says it with the look on her face, she's just like, okay, that's actually really cute. No, no, this is not okay. It's a little fucked up. Yeah. This shit, like, Taffy trying to... Taffy figuring out something's wrong with her mom because she's an IP, an intuitive person. It's just like, no, no, Taffy, please don't. You are so much better than your mother. Don't adopt her bullshit. <laughs> I went to go see a psychic once, and she was an actual Jamaican. 
I was just like, I, I don't know what to do with that information now. It's a little moments like that where it's like, okay, yeah, you're still, you're you're way better than I expected, but you're also still an idiot. You're still kind of dumb. And <laughs> So then, uh, Corpse Boy is also missing a hand. And, uh... Oh, yeah, which leads to the best moment in the movie. <laughs> the best moment in the movie, which is... By Lisa far. Lures, Lisa lures her lab partner, Doug, who basically tried to date rape her. And within the first ten minutes, the dude actually... I don't know why I said sexually... basically. That's... that's like, what actually... Ha- I mean, okay, I guess to be fair, he didn't put that stuff in her drink, but he certainly tried to take advantage of it. Yeah, he, he did actually sexually assault her. Don't be a Doug, kids. Yeah, don't be a dog, so get your, else you get your hand chopped off. <laughs> also, also, don't be a dog adults. Yeah, yeah, that too. Just just don't Lessons be a dog in general. Don't be, <laughs> don't a, be do- a dog. Don't be a dog, don't be a dick. <laughs> Unless it's a dog from Up, then be a dog. Yes, indeed. But don't be a dog from Lisa Frankenstein. So she lures him to the graveyard, and her and Dave the corpse boy attack him, and they cut his <laughs> hand off, and then kill him with an axe. Yeah. <laughs> and then splice that hand on. And then electrocute him, which we find out that every time he gets electrocuted to, like, do the experiments, he gets more and more attractive? (laughs) Yep. Oh, no, he's hot! (laughs) Yeah, so that's a thing. And also, every time one of these happens, they... Lisa also has an even more extreme going into the goth, like, change of clothing, which props to the costume designers for this movie as well. Yeah. The outfits in the in this movie, especially Lisa's outfits, are absolutely stunning. <laughs> so then, as as police kind of start closing in, Lisa being insistent that she not die a virgin, and although she did have the she did have Dave the corpse boy apparently uh, <laughs> use a vibrator on her for its intended purpose. Yes, it... and I don't mean a back massager. No. Oh god, that was... <laughs> I hate how... So, this... By the way, if it's not already obvious, this movie is aggressively horny. It's not, like, directly Actually, in Actually, you know thing. what? I don't think horny is the right word. Mm. I don't even know if horny is the right word. It's just... It's not afraid to tackle certain things that yeah. other movies shy away from. I mean, some of that is sex-related, although <laughs> other movies won't shy away from that. Maybe, perhaps, in the context of which, which this movie does, which we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, well, the the vibrator is actually introduced because she's like, oh, it's a, um, like, the corpse boy finds it, and she's like... In her closet. To, in her closet, is like, oh, fuck, I have to explain this to, like, this, like, 150-year-old corpse. Uh, she's like, oh, it's a back massager. And, and then later on, she says, my aunt got it for me. She said it was improved my personality. Just like, <laughs> So being adamant that she doesn't want to die a virgin, she decides to uh, shoot her shot and try to get with her crush, Michael Trent, who she knows has skipped. So she goes to his house and finds out her stepsister is sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. Because apparently he wasn't interested in her at all. Right. Oh, what? You have to be the one in the relationship who likes dark poetry and and those movie trivia and stuff? Not enough polarity for you, Werner Heisenberg? Which <laughs> is a line that has really stuck with me, and I do not know why. <laughs> yes, and, like, all that happens, at which point, violence occurs. <laughs> yeah, Dave the Corpse Boy, who, who, beat up a, who beat up an old man for a car. Yes, he did, actually. At which point, his old man's grandson is, like, very enthusiastically waving him goodbye. It's just like, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was <But> pretty great. <laughs> Dave the Corpse Boy then proceeds to take the axe and chop off Michael Trent's dick. Yes, and just... 
and then throws it, wraps it up in newspaper, throws it in a trash can, and shambles off with it. <laughs> that was the moment in the movie where I was just like, oh no, they're not gonna do the, oh, oh, they're doing it. Oh, they're doing it. Oh, it's gone. It's out of here. <laughs> yeah, come to the realization the creature has actually been in love with Lisa the whole time. Mm-hmm. She goes, why didn't you tell me? And then he responds with, well, the obvious. The face of, wait, are, are, you, are you fucking serious right now? The obvious face. <laughs> Turns out he doesn't have a dick. <laughs> so they solved that problem. Yes, and uh, <laughs> that bit killed me internally because it's like she is very, obviously they don't show it, but it's like she is sewing said dick on. And he's just like... Got his hands on his hip, looking up, like, to Awkwardly the side. Awkwardly looking anywhere but at her. Yeah, and he looks, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's both, he looks very awkward, but he also looks very proud of what he's done. I'm like, oh, brother. <laughs> this, is, this is loaded. And then yes. there is a, uh, a very tasteful Lisa is no longer a virgin scene, uh, <laughs> framed in the context of the silent film A Trip to the Moon and set to a cover of Ario Speedwagon's Can't Fight This Feeling. <laughs> Tasteful. The word tasteful is point, used very liberally here. <laughs> at which point, I mean, they don't show anything. Mm. So I'd consider that tasteful. Certainly uh, classy music. That's fair. <laughs> at which point I leaned forward in my seat, hands folded in a pyramid. <laughs> thinking to myself, no. They, no, they're not, not gonna... Oh, they are. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is... Oh, yeah? Oh, no. This is very problematic. <laughs> There's, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> like this sewn-on dick. And then, at her <laughs> insistence, he puts her in the tanning bed, which I, I should mention this tanning bed was established to be faulty from the start, and on low setting, basically electrocuted her, but didn't really do anything. Yeah. And at her insistence, turns it up to max bronze, at which point, it kills her and burns down the entire shed that it's in. Yeah. Because uh, she decides to go out on her own terms. Yeah. Like a hero. <laughs> Like a villain. <laughs> hey, look. Like the absolute psychopath she turned into in the last quarter of the movie. <laughs> look, she only killed one person, and that guy did not have a bright future ahead of him, alright? Yeah, no. No no scholarships for him. The other two kills were all were all Dave, the cre- the corpse boy. So Right. Ugh, right. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I I'd argue I'd argue she's the hero we need. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so the dad, who I barely mentioned because he doesn't really factor in all that much, and Taffy are at Lisa's grave mourning her. Taffy sees a weird inscription on the bottom corner of the gravestone that says Beloved Wife or something. Yeah. And uh, then it turns out the creature apparently managed to resurrect her. And he's actually, like, reading out to her, so it's implied that he somehow became fully alive. I wonder if he snagged her tongue. Ha! <laughs> That'd be something. That's... Because she doesn't talk at the end. Mm-hmm. But she's clearly alive. Y- yeah. Or, well, she's, Horrifically she, burned. Yeah, she's she's very clearly been resurrected. Yeah. Now that was interesting. I like that a lot. This was a fucked up movie. This was a fucked up but very fun movie. Yeah, it was. Not until we hide the body, she says. <laughs> it's for people like us. With feelings. <laughs> that line, I'm just like, is it though? Is it really? <laughs> mm. No, I had an amazing time with this movie. Oh, this movie's great. Cannot recommend it enough. I'm sure it's not everybody's cup of tea. This is one of those ones where, when I call this a 10 out of 10, this is, that's for me. That's, this is a me movie. Yeah, like, objectively, it's, 
it's not as hot garbage as Argyle, not even close. But it is kind of dumb, but it knows it's dumb and has a very good time with it. Yeah, it knows exactly what it's trying to be, and I think it does it well. Yeah, indeed. So that being said, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell. We are on Amazon Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. I'm on Twitter. I also made a blue sky, finally. I just, what's, I just... What's a blue sky? It's one of those social media sites that everybody's jumping to now that Twitter's dying. <laughs> okay, sure. I might make a threads next. Who knows? I'm crazy. <laughs> Either way, I'm at the scroll of troll on both, so... Indeed. Is it is it at on Blue Sky? I don't know. I barely touched it. Mm. I just made one. I just made one just so I could get the handle, just in case. Fair. But anyways, next week. Oh man. Ugh. Next week. It's, it's not encouraging. Oh, we're we're finally it's superhero season, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're starting off with a bang, Madam Web. Yeah. Woo! All right. I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> but. There's not a lot of options, I don't think. Let me double check here real quick. Let me just... What else we got? What else is there? Okay, it says Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, but I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that either. Uh, there's also Bob Marley, One Love. It would still be Madam Web for me. Unless or a it turns French out... movie. Yeah, I don't know, unless it turns out that Blood and Honey is actually showing in theaters for some reason. <laughs> yeah, let me check. Is there, is there a release date for Blood and Honey 2? I'm seeing March 26th. Okay, so yeah, that's a month away. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, that ought to be fun. I'm sure we'll have a rip-snorting good time lambasting Sony's latest attempt. Or, John, can you imagine if it's good? <laughs> that would be something. Can you imagine if either of us come away from Madam Web going, That was a solid time. It'd be Wonka for both of us. Oh, man. <laughs> if Madam Web is this year's Wonka, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Regardless, though, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. You want to try that again? And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. I don't know what I did there. <laughs> well, that was a lot of background noise on that one, so I might just have to keep the Greg. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unless you want to give it a third take. This has been Greg, a.k.a. Greg. <laughs> okay, we're keeping the first one. Okay. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.